Hello and welcome to the Wild Enrichment Podcast. My name is Kyle Banton-Jones and I'll be your host. The Wild Enrichment Podcast is a show about animal welfare, training, enrichment, and everything in between. Each episode, we will be exploring concepts surrounding behavioral husbandry and the ever-advancing field of animal welfare, from interviews with real animal care professionals to educational episodes about new concepts in animal care. This is the Wild Enrichment Podcast. Enjoy. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wild Enrichment Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about measuring demeanor in the animals you work with. Uh, You know, why that's important, uh, why I think it's important, why I think that it's, uh, you know, a very easy thing that you can implement into, uh, you know, some of those metrics that you're already tracking in order to get a better idea of the welfare state that your animal is inhabiting. So probably the easiest way to start is actually defining demeanor. So demeanor is defined as outward behavior or bearing. Um, So when looking at the demeanor of an animal, we are referring to the outward expression of how that animal is feeling and expressing itself, you know, at a given moment. So like, I'm sure at this moment of time, you're, you're already like, I already assess demeanor because assessing demeanor, you know, is really something that a lot of animal care staff uh, will generally do inherently uh, with the animals they're caring for. But what we're really talking about is uh, the sort of daily stuff. Because when, you know, animal care staff are assessing demeanor, they're usually only doing it when there's a large variation from the baseline. You know, for example, uh, you come in in the morning uh, and, and you can see that something is off. Uh, you know, with the animal you're working with, uh, you know, and you, you call the vets to monitor them and, uh, you know, you can, you can oftentimes tell when something's off and, uh, that something's just not quite right with the animal. And that's really, you're assessing the demeanor. You saw a difference in how the animal was behaving. And that sort of translated to you as a, you know, a potential welfare problem. So, you know, what we're going to be sort of exploring in this article is not just assessing demeanor when something is off uh, with the animal, but actually intentionally assessing the demeanor daily uh, or periodically in order to gain insight into the animal's overall well-being. You know, so as I've already mentioned, assessing demeanor uh, is an inherent skill for many animal care staff. You know, it's common at care and welfare meetings for keepers to explain a sort of demeanor profile Uh, that they have come up with over time, you know, uh, telling others at the meeting how this animal behaves at all hours of the day, uh, you know, its food preferences, uh, who it hangs out with, if it's housed with conspecifics. Um, Formalizing this process, which is really what we're trying to do here, is, uh, you know, into more measurable and agreed upon assessments and profiles can really help uh, eliminate this sort of discrepancies between care staff and turn this, uh, you know, already honed skill into something that can produce uh, valuable data uh, for welfare assessments. You know, uh, everyone's been in those meetings where, you know, uh, so-and-so thinks they're acting like this and so-and-so thinks that this behavior means this. Um, what we're really trying to do is, uh, is formalize this process and make it a little bit more streamlined uh, going forward so that we can avoid those situations, come to a consensus and sort of, uh, have that baseline, uh, and that data that we can use in these sort of meetings to help inform our welfare decisions. 
So that's sort of one of the reasons why that we want to assess demeanor intentionally uh, in our sort of daily care of these animals. One of the other reasons, and you know, in our in our last podcast with uh, Jay Pratt, we talked a little bit about inputs and outputs uh, in in animal welfare, and we tend to focus a whole lot on you know recording the inputs, you know, what enrichment we did, what training we did, um, things like that, you know. But we now we're sort of with the advancement of animal welfare science, starting to focus a little bit more on the actual output, and that's the animal welfare. Um, and that's the metrics that we can track in order to sort of get an idea of the overall welfare of the animal. And that's sort of what we're trying to do with this. This is a great output uh, that you can easily start tracking and, uh, you know, really start to move forward with having those outputs and those uh, sort of... Um, you know, welfare assessments that are meaningful and that can actually really tell you a whole lot about the animal. We also tend to really focus a whole lot on, you know, uh, these sort of quantitative measurements. Uh, you know, we, we really focus on, um, data like weights, exhibit size, health records, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of qualitative data that we really take down and qualitative data is important. You know, it's really summarizing, um, the picture, the well, sort of welfare picture that a lot of keepers have in their mind about this animal and getting that down on paper so that other people can, uh, not only understand, but also track over time. So I think it's really important to, to not, not just uh, neglect the qualitative data. And this is demeanor is a, an excellent start, uh, sort of diving into qualitative data in the animal welfare. So, uh, I think it's, uh, useful at this point to start talking a little bit about, uh, teamwork. Um, with these sort of abstract objectives and goals. Uh, you know, assessing demeanor is, of an animal is really something uh, that, that I think, that I, that I really like to call an abstract objective, meaning it's not a yes or no objective. For instance, uh, you know, if a, did a tiger interact with a boomer ball? That's a yes or no goal, you know, and that's a yes or no thing that you can track on your enrichment sheets. It's, uh, you know, it's straightforward and easy to answer. It doesn't require communication with your team. You know, what is the demeanor of the tiger like while they're interacting with this boomer ball? You know, by contrast, uh, this question has a lot to, to interpret and discuss, and it might not be easy and straightforward to answer. Questions like these take discussions with the whole team to ensure consensus and accuracy in the long term. You know, if five members of your team are on the same page with what stress looks like, uh, in that tiger, uh, you know, maybe that's not a positive interaction with a boomer ball, uh, you know, but the sixth person on your team is interpreting stress as play behavior, then your whole data set will be turned, uh, you know, th completely thrown off and won't be very accurate, you know, and a, and a robust animal welfare program comes from including everyone's opinions and observations. So it's not the goal of this to silence everyone, but instead get, get close to a consensus, uh, you know, as close as possible especially on behavior observations. Uh, you know, a lot of behaviors really, there's not a whole lot of room for interpretation and uh, understanding. So I just wanted to sort of preface this with, uh, you know, assessing demeanor 
is is something that's going to take a lot of teamwork and a lot of people being on the same page in order for it to be accurate um, uh, data that you can use over the long term. So getting everybody on the same page should really be your first step and actually discussing these things. And we'll uh, talk a little bit about this later. So at this point, you know, some people might be wondering what the difference between assessing demeanor and behavior is. You know, when you're assessing an animal's behavior, it's usually done in the form of an ethogram or an activity budget to get an overall idea of how an animal behaves throughout the day. You know, assessing demeanor, on the other hand, is really trying to figure out what all of that behavior means and ultimately get an idea of an animal's mental state. You know, for example, uh, you know, if we're talking about a human example, your activity budget for the day might look exactly the same regardless of whether or not you are in a positive mental state, you know, um, or, or a negative mental state. You know, if you, you wake up at the same time, eat at the same time, drive to work at the same time, go to sleep at the same time, uh, you know, and the list goes on and on. Your day doesn't really change a whole lot, but how you're interpreting, you know, the sort of all your experience of that day and how you're interacting with others, uh, you know, and interpreting events and, and things like that are all completely different depending on your mental state. You know, so just because your sort of behavior of your animal looks exactly the same, uh, you know, a lot of animals are pretty routine based, just like us. Uh, it's not going to really reflect necessarily how they're feeling all the time. So demeanor is really getting an idea of sort of what those behaviors mean and how that sort of mental state is really manifesting itself uh, within the animal and within the behaviors that it's showing. Uh, so that's really what we're trying to get to the bottom of with assessing demeanor. One example of why I think this is important is, uh, and I've talked about this before on my website here, um, you know, researchers have really uh, gone a step further with this sort of study of demeanor and actually really identified an optimistic cognitive bias in rats. You know, they, they found that rats that were exposed to enriching environments perceived negative experiences with a bias toward optimism compared to rats that were not housed in enriching environments. So, you know, uh, something like that, you know, understanding that your animal has this sort of positive uh, demeanor can really help you uh, inf inform you on how it's going to respond to potentially negative events uh, and and if it's going to have a sort of robust and resilient welfare state um, when it comes to facing these sort of inevitable negative situations like vet visits or moving facilities, exhibit work, all those things that are going to happen, you know, being able to know that your animal is uh, in a mental state that is uh, robust enough to sort of handle those situations can really help you make these sort of welfare uh, decisions down the road. And in talking about demeanor, you know, I also have to talk a little bit about individuality. Uh, you know, I've talked about this uh, several times before. You know, it's it's very important to be thinking about the animals as individuals and not just a projection of their wild counterparts. You know, and, and this is an important factor to consider when looking at demeanor. And however you choose to assess and record demeanor, uh, there must be room for that sort of individuality to shine through for the animal. And especially if it's being housed in sort of a group setting or a setting where that individuality, you know, uh, might take a little bit more thought uh, to uh, be able to record that. 
you know, the more uh, you and your team learn about the animals in your care as individuals, the more their care can be modified to suit them as an, as an individual. You know, according to researchers, many animals, in fact, uh, can have a measurable sort of personality, uh, in quotes, uh, sort of that persists over time, similar to what uh, we call a personality in humans. And, you know, the goal of measuring personality and demeanor is not to create an anthropomorphic data set by saying things like sad or confused, but instead to create an idea of what these emotions might look like if the animal were to express them. So let's talk a little bit about when we would actually want to assess demeanor because, you know, in an ideal world where keepers had endless amounts of time and assessing demeanor would be done daily on every single animal at a facility, uh, you know, but this would take an immense amount of time and for many animals wouldn't produce, you know, any actionable data. Realistically, closely observing and recording demeanor should be reserved for specific situations where an animal's welfare needs to be closely monitored on a daily basis, you know, or every other day. Um, and some examples of these uh, of situations where this might be beneficial uh, would be, you know, before and after an introduction. So you can get an idea of how the demeanors of individuals in a group uh, and group dynamics before introducing a new individual. Uh, that might be useful, you know, monitoring the demeanor of the group members after the introduction, making sure their welfare states, you know, are sort of maintained across the group, um, aged animals and quality of life is, uh, monitoring. You know, as an animal gets to an advanced age or its quality of life is in question, uh, you know, monitoring its demeanor on a daily basis can be super useful and can often sort of uh, be one of the first things that starts changing when an animal's maybe going downhill. Um, you know, also just getting a baseline on an animal, you know, if there's a potential welfare concern that you see or, you know, something, an event that you're monitoring, um, sometimes getting a baseline demeanor on an animal and coming back at a later date to compare is a great way of seeing changes that you might have missed, uh, during your sort of demeanor assessment and, uh, the, you know, the daily things that you just wouldn't pick up on otherwise. So finally, let's talk about how to actually assess demeanor. You know, the easiest way I have found to assess an animal's demeanor is to design a multiple choice quiz uh, that a keeper can take daily during their observations of an animal. There are a few advantages to this approach and why I sort of, rep, uh, you know, recommend it. Uh, the first being that multiple choice allows some consistency with answers and word use, you know, making the data easier to look over. Um, you know, if, if you just had a sort of uh, sheet that you were writing down what you thought the animal's demeanor looks like, uh, the the sort of adjectives and uh, adverbs that you'd be using to sort of uh, describe the animal's demeanor uh, would probably vary quite a bit uh, between team members, uh, and that would really make it hard to compare. Uh, so having that sort of multiple choice allows people to be sort of put in a box in a good way um, and have consistency uh, across the board. So, uh, you know, questions can also be designed in such a way that it tells the assessor what to look for when it, uh, when it comes to sort of uh, demeanor um, and, and sort of when to look for it. Uh, it's not just a general question. Uh, you know, designing these quizzes is also a great way for care teams to talk about the animal in questions and come to a consensus where possible. 
you know, you can really the first step in setting these quizzes up is to sit down as a team and to talk about, you know, what you think is important uh, to be tracking in the animal uh, as far as demeanor goes, when you should be tracking it um, and sort of getting it on the same page as far as what specific demeanors uh, will uh, manifest themselves as within the animal. So, uh, you know, these quizzes can be set up um, via Microsoft Forms or Google Sheets, uh, and, the, and the answers can be put into a spreadsheet uh, for further analysis. Um, the main thing you're looking for here is consistency, accuracy, and accessibility for everyone on the animal care team. One of the things that I feel like people should focus on in the beginning uh, is actually engagement with keepers uh, and specific situations. Uh, you know, engagement is an easy thing to define um, and assess right away, and it's a good sort of measure of uh, overall demeanor in these situations. You know, for example, how engaged was the animal during your training session? You know, very engaged, engaged most of the time, not engaged. How engaged uh, with you was the animal during your sort of AM servicing, your, your uh, you know, morning check? You know, focused on what I was doing the entire time I was servicing the exhibit, engaged with me most of the time, not engaged with me, but otherwise engaged with the environment, despondent, not engaged with me or the environment. Um, you know, or how engaged with, uh, with enrichment activities was the animal today, uh, engaged appropriately to all enrichment activities provided, engaged appropriately in some of the enrichment activities provided, did not engage with enrichment activities that usually elicit a response. You know, regardless of the question, those are just a few sort of examples uh, that come to mind with engagement. They need to be sort of important and relevant for the animal in question. You know, so for example, if the animal does not usually engage with keepers, then, you know, asking was it engaged with you during servicing is not necessarily something that's going to be important and that's not going to necessarily lead to uh, important data. Uh, so, you know, questions should really be tailored to the individuals. Um, you know, if the animal is usually sitting at the door waiting for you and constantly looking at you and very engaged um, and sort of has this positive demeanor about it uh, when you are actually servicing the exhibit uh, and then some days that sort of stops happening, uh, that's that sort of demeanor change in how it's interacting with you is uh, maybe something that you're going to want to record. So, uh, you know, again, with the individuality, uh, taking the time to really customize these questions and figure out what's important to the animal is very, very important. Um, questions should also be species specific when it comes to behavior. You know, for example, um, questions like, did you observe any of the following negative behaviors today in listing behaviors? Um, did you observe any group interactions today between animal and the group? Um, these sort of things, um, adding questions like that that are very specific, that can have a list of behaviors that can give you a sort of overall picture of their demeanor um, can be very, very useful and should be really species specific. Um, when analyzing your data, the main thing you were looking for is trends and patterns as well as deviations from these patterns. You know, for example, if the animal you are working with is typically very engaged and greets you in the morning, and you see the data drifting toward uh, not being engaged, as well as a lack of engagement in other areas that might be a d indicative of a larger problem going on. That sort of demeanor shift uh, might sort of be a red flag that you want to explore more. You know, or if you're planning to introduce an animal to a group and you notice one individual in the existing group, uh, you know, has a much more gentle, uh, relaxed, tolerant demeanor. 
uh, you know, that might help you with your introduction plan. Maybe you want to start with introducing that animal uh, to this new individual. So, uh, you know, getting a sort of deeper dive in demeanor um, and really ass assessing and recording demeanor of the animals you are working with can lead to extremely useful information uh, that can help inform decisions and introductions, quality of life, and sort of overall welfare decisions. Uh, this type of assessment is something that keepers are already inherently good at doing on a regular basis, and the process of formalizing it is what makes it a useful and worse, worthwhile process you know, in the long run. Uh, you know, having this data available to you can help speed up meetings and sometimes eliminate them altogether. You know, uh, you can share a spreadsheet as opposed to talking about what you feel the, uh, you know, how the animal's behaving and their sort of overall demeanor. Um, and, and it can really help with decision-making within a team. You know, all it takes is a little bit of teamwork, creativity, and a bit of time spent watching the animals uh, you're working with and just, you know, sort of writing down some of the stuff that you're already looking at. Uh, so that's sort of uh, everything I had on recording demeanor. Uh, I highly recommend adding it to some of your, uh, you know, sort of welfare cases that you might be working on or animals that you might be concerned about. Uh, it's a great way of uh, growing as a team and uh, sort of doing a deep dive on things like natural behavior and uh, your sort of animal as an individual. So I think it's a very rewarding process and one that can really lead to some beneficial data. So um, I hope you enjoyed the podcast and uh, we'll see you again next time. We hope you enjoyed that episode of the Wild Enrichment Podcast. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us at Wild Enrichment on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. If you want to learn more about Wild Enrichment and see some of our great resources, check out www.wildenrichment.com. Also, if you wish to support Wild Enrichment, check out our Patreon. Again, thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Wild Enrichment is independently owned and claims no affiliation to any zoo, aquarium, or other animal care institutions. All of the information and opinions communicated through this podcast, wildenrichment.com, and affiliated social media accounts are based on my own opinions and experiences and are not in any way reflective of the opinions of my employers past or present. Thank you.